Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag D-I-T-D, Down in the Den. As always, I'm your host, Mars, and if you're in the East Coast, please stay cool. We're having a hell of a heat wave. It's literally been two degrees below hell outside. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to be discussing the X-Men to the MCU. How do we think Marvel will introduce them? What changes do I believe Marvel will make to differentiate their X-Men from Fox's X-Men, and the first question I think on everyone's mind is, how do you potentially introduce thousands of mutants, villains, and superheroes to the MCU that, for the most part, has only had tech, science, and magic-based, power-based superheroes? For example, Ant-Man, Iron Man, War Machine, Falcon, those are all tech superheroes. They get their abilities from some type of technology or some type of suit that's been created, some type of tech-based ability. You have heroes like Hulk and Spider-Man, Captain America, who are more science-based. They've had uh, their abilities gained by some type of science experiment or failed science experiment, some type of, uh, you know, bug bite or explosion with gamma radiation or explosion of, uh, you know, an affinity stone, something like that. So it's more science-based. And then you have your magic-based superheroes, uh, for example, Thor, uh, who's more of a god, but you could say magic or Doctor Strange or, uh, you know, Mordo, who's a villain or something like that, but they're all magic-based. Well, we haven't had are heroes and bad guys that are simply born that way, for lack of better term. So possible theory uh, that we've heard out there is that four snaps of the Affinity Stones, two from Thanos, one from Hulk, one from Iron Man, that we saw Rocket Raccoon say it spread untold amounts of radiation, mostly gamma radiation, across the universe, four snaps in a relatively short time period. The problem with this is that it's almost impossible to reconcile the history of a Magneto or Professor X or even a Wolverine who have been around for decades with their mutant abilities. So I'm going to go ahead and toss that one right out the window. I'm going to toss that idea. I, I don't see mutants being a side effect of the Affinity Stones. I think we're done with the Affinity Stones for the most part. I don't think we've already had over 10 years dedicated essentially in the Affinity Saga. I don't think we're going to see them uh, come again. I think we're done for the Affinity Stones. Uh, Another possible solution or theory lies in the multiverse. We could bring mutants into our universe as fallout from Doctor Strange and his movie, which we know is going to have 
a huge focus on the multiverse. The multiverse has been around in the first uh, three phases of Marvel, and we know we're going to be focusing more on that. And, and I think that has some legs. You could take some elements from the Fox universe. We've heard talks that uh, they've already had conversations with Patrick Stewart about reprising his role as Professor X. Uh, obviously, if you could get Hugh Jackman on board, who said he's done, but you know, no one would have a problem with that. And we know Deadpool is going to uh, be coming over uh, with Ryan Reynolds, so that's that. That and we've seen J.K. Simmons reprise his role as J. Jonah Jameson. So, I mean, I think that has a lot more legs and a lot more uh, strength to it than the potential affinity snap uh, approach. But my problem with the multiverse, you know, how do you pick and choose? You know, so you get Patrick Stewart back, but then we have a different Wolverine or a different Storm, you know, what do you do with that? Uh, also, one of my uh, potential ideas, if they were to go that route, we've already heard from Kevin, Kevin Feige that the WandaVision series is going to lead directly into the Doctor Strange movie. We also know that Wanda Maximoff will be in the Doctor Strange movie and have a important role uh, in that movie. And I have an idea, a general idea, that the WandaVision series is going to be some type of adaption of House of M. So that's certainly a possibility there. But I don't... But my favorite option, and a wise person once told me, keep it simple, stupid. And that is, mutants have been around forever. And the general public simply doesn't know yet. And if I was given the rings, if I was given uh, the ability to decide how we're going to have mutants and the X-Men into the MCU... That's the route I would go. And what I would do is slowly start casting the future X-Men in Phase 4 and 5. So, for example, one of the villains of Captain Marvel 2 has been rumored to be Rogue. That's an awesome way. You get a great actress, uh, actor to cast as Rogue, and then you kind of just stash her away. You know, she can be a villain in, in uh, Captain Marvel 2. And we don't see her until later. Uh, it's rumored that Storm and Neymar could possibly be in Black Panther 2. So there you go. That's two more mutants that you have right there. We have the Disney Plus shows that are coming up. And there's been rumors that Omega Red may see some light in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series as well as Weapons Plus program. So that's certainly a possibility that you have on the table and if you do it and you go that route where you can start introducing characters here some minor some major is very reminiscent on how we did the Avengers with their solo movies at that point Marvel didn't have all the characters at their disposal that they have now but literally by them buying Fox they have their hands on hundreds if not thousands of additional characters some big and some small so instead of your original six adventures 
Now we literally have the ability to have an Avengers team, a new Avengers team, a young Avengers team, X-Men team, Fantastic Four, X-Force. The world has expanded exponentially with the addition of those characters. And Disney Plus is a perfect format. We already know, unlike the Netflix shows and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans and some of the other uh, runaways that are now non-canon, we know everything on Dis- Disney Plus is indeed canon. And they will go back and forth from the movie to Disney Plus. So this is a huge opportunity where we can start introducing these characters here and there before coming together as an X-Men team. Now, we also know that the X-Men have the world's most powerful telepath, Professor X, Charles Xavier. So even if they aren't established as a team already, or even if they are, you have someone basically just men in black. If the characters, you know, you have your X-Men on these covert missions, smaller missions, if they're exposed, no problem. Professor X has Cerebro, wipe your mind. So that gives us plausibility where they could have been around for decades already, and no one would really know until something big happens where they're exposed on a global scale, and now the world knows of mutants. This is something that I definitely think is going to happen, and Marvel has proven that they are the masters of the retcon, the way that they squeeze Spider-Man into Civil War, the way that they made Captain Marvel the reason that the Avengers name have the Avengers. They're really, really good at retcon, and you can even look in... Uh, far from home with adding Mysterio's origin to Civil War and Tony Stark's barf technology. So they're really, really good at retconning, and I'm sure this would be the easiest route for them to go and the most efficient and make the most sense. Now, we also know Marvel changes things. They don't rehash the same old stuff, and we can expect that they're going to do this and not repeat the same tropes and failures of the Fox X-Men series. And the perfect example of this is the way that the MCU Spider-Man has been versus Sony Spider-Man, even though it's still technically Sony Spider-Man. They changed everything up. Aunt May is no longer the older aunt. She's much younger, much more attractive. Uh, We haven't seen a single Osborn, no Green Goblin, um, and none of the villains from the first three Spider-Man movies or the two Amazing Spider-Man series. We haven't seen Elektra. We haven't seen Green Goblin, Sandman, Venom, uh, Elektro, Dr. Octopus. We haven't seen any of these past villains. Instead, we've seen all new villains, Vulture, Shocker, Mysterio, villains that we haven't seen before. So Marvel knows how to not rehash the same old storylines. And we see that with Spider-Man, how it's different from the Sam Raimi and the Mark Webb versions of their movies. So what do I think 
Marvel will do different than Fox is at Smith. And, and, you know, Fox had some highlights. Uh, The first X-Men movie in 2000, X2, Logan, Days of Future Past, uh, Deadpool. Those were all really, really good movies. First class as well. Um, And Marvel, I'm sorry, not Marvel, Fox had a lot of misses as well. X-Men Origins, Wolverine comes to mind. X3, Apocalypse. Dark Phoenix, and then they had their mediocre releases like The Wolverine and Deadpool 2, and of course the forever delayed New Mutants, who knows what that's going to be, but I feel the Fox series focus far, far too heavily on three or four particular characters, Wolverine, Xavier, Magneto, and Mystique. For some reason, those movies focus on those four particular characters so much that they lost so much of what the X-Men are about. Um, Cyclops is the leader. You wouldn't think of it from that movie. Storm is a leader. You wouldn't think of it from those movies because it focused on those four characters so much. So I think those characters although they are important to the X-Men lore, will not be in the forefront of the X-Men series. Another aspect that I believe is going to be different, you have to think, in the MCU currently, it's 2023. When we left off after the five-year leap after Infinity War, it's 2023. Magneto is typically... uh, been canon born in 1930 and Professor X is canon being born in 1932. So if it's 2023 in the MCU, that means they're 93 and 91 respectively. They're going to have to make some changes. I don't think there's too many uh, 90-year-old actors out there that's going to sign a six-picture deal, a seven-picture deal, a nine-picture deal, nor would you trust them to sign a seven- to nine picture deal because let's be honest if you're 93 years old you're knocking on death's door it's just how it works not too many people are living that long and it's not too many big actors in their 90s that i can think of except maybe clint eastwood and i don't even think he's in his 90s so what do you do we know marvel is all about diversity especially in the upcoming phases So what I think they're going to do, and this has been rumored, is we're going to have Magneto and Professor X be cast as people of color. And if you think about it, this makes perfect sense. Magneto is essentially based on Malcolm X. Charles Xavier is essentially based on Martin Luther King. So my thoughts, instead of Magneto being a German Jew and a Holocaust survivor, what if they would make him an Ethiopian Jew? That way, you can cast a younger actor in their 50s or 60s, and you can cast a person of color. And if you look at it, it fits perfectly. In 1935, 
Mussolini invaded and occupied Ethiopia. So we can have Magneto, the new Magneto, the son of one of those Ethiopian Jews that survived World War II and the invasion of Mussolini and when he invaded uh, Ethiopia and occupied Ethiopia. So that would be perfect. And a person that I think would be perfect in this role and has also been rumored and has said in so many words that his next destinational interest is to be in the MCU is Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad fame and Mandalorian. Guy is an incredible actor. He plays a bad guy like none other. He has the gravity, the look, the right age, and he's young enough where he can play Matt Needle for the next 10 years in this role, but he's also old enough where he could still have the gravitas, if you would, and I think he would be perfect. Now, for Professor X, I would, with him being American, I would have him as a product of the civil rights movement of the 60s. And we know Marvel is also interested in a person of color. I've heard rumblings of Denzel Washington, and while he is a phenomenal actor, don't get me wrong, um, I really can't see him signing on to a five, six, seven, eight, nine picture deal, and he won't come cheap. I believe Denzel Washington pockets something around $20 million a movie, and Marvel is known to get great actors on the come up. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., I think he got paid half a million for Iron Man. Uh, Brie Larson, great actor. Chad, uh, Chadwick Boseman, great actor. Don Cheadle, great actor. Mark Ruffalo, great actor. Chris Evans, great actor. Scarlett Johansson, Chris Hemsworth. These are all great actors, but they weren't huge stars when they were cast. They weren't Tom Cruise. Uh, they weren't the... Uh, the Ben Afflicks, the, the A-lister stars when they were cast. And that's smart because they can get these guys to sign for these six, seven picture deals. And then they eventually become bigger stars and renegotiate the contracts. But at that point, they've already done their role and they can be written off like Chris Evans or they can be written off like a Robert Downey Jr. So I'm thinking Denzel is out. And the perfect that I would cast, the perfect actor, is Courtney B. Vance. Look him up if you don't know who he is. He's the right age. He's classically trained. He's married to Angela Bassett, who's already in the MCU, so she knows how the MCU works. I think he would definitely be willing to sign a six-picture deal, a seven-picture deal. And he wouldn't be $20 million a movie while still being able to knock the role out of the and obviously there's going to be backlash. You have some fanboys that hate to see a character race swapped or gender swapped. But look, we had a whole three phases of the MCU, MCU led by straight white males. Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, all straight white males. Five of the six original adventures. It's time for diversity. And I think those two guys would be awesome in the role. Now, the next 
most important casting that has to be done right for the mutants and the X-Men is Wolverine. And it's really hard to get past Hugh Jackman, uh, especially in Logan. Even in the not-so-good X-Men movies, he was always perfect as Wolverine. And as perfect as Chris Evans is, as Captain America, as perfect as Robert Downey Jr. is, as Iron Man, Hugh Jackman has done just a good of job as playing Wolverine. And if he was willing to come back, I would take him in a heartbeat. But I don't think he is. My next favorite actor to play the role of Wolverine would be Tom Hardy. I think he might even do a better job than Hugh Jackman. Unfortunately, he's already Venom, and we know that there's going to be some type of crossover from the MCU and the Sony uh, Marvel characters, so he's out. So that leaves with two options. Daniel Radcliffe, He's got the right height. He's an incredible actor um, beyond Harry Potter. I think he would be willing to sign a six-pitcher, seven-pitcher deal. I don't think he would cost $20 million a movie. It's a little small. Uh, he would definitely have to put on some muscle, but I've seen these actors do that, and I have no doubt that he could do that. But my pick is none other than Taron Egerton. He's only 30. He's 5'9". He's a hell of an actor. He's known, but I don't think he's pulling anywhere near $20 million a movie. I think he would be willing to take this role and sign on for five, six, seven movies. And um, I've seen some mock-ups online. Just go ahead and type in Taron Egerton as Wolverine online. And I think you would be convinced that he would be a fantastic Wolverine. Now, how you introduce him is the question, and I wouldn't introduce him in a Disney Plus series or in a standalone movie. I would make him more of a bit player in Alpha Flight. An Alpha Flight movie could be something similar to your Guardians of the Galaxy. They have a bunch of zany characters that would be perfect for the MCU, and they have the perfect tone for the MCU and how I would do it uh, after we have the, I don't know if this would be before or after the um, She-Hulk series, but let's say after Endgame, uh, Hulk has been recouping his injured arm, which we know is somewhat of a permanent injury. And he's been working with shield or, or maybe even uh, sword or whatever. Um, government agency is kind of handling uh, protecting the world in this post-Avengers world that we live in. And there's been a bunch of attacks in Canada. So let's say they send him to Canada to help investigate. Because remember, he's Professor Hawk now. Not only does he have the brawn, but he has the brain. So he would be an excellent asset for uh, the government in this post- uh, Avengers world that we live in 
And we find out that these attacks that have been going on is none other than Wendigo. Canada, who has their own covert superhero team, House of Flight, sends them there to work with the Hulk. And who is a famous member of former member of Alpha Flight? None other than Wolverine. And we could have some type of savage fight between Wolverine and Hulk, which leads to Hulk reverting back to his savage form and going bonkers. Maybe a little world breaker Hulk, which could leave him back on the run to set up the stories for the next couple of years for the Hulk. But it also introduces, this works threefold, because it introduces Wolverine, who could leave Alpha Flight at the end of this, and it can also lead to a potential Alpha Flight Disney Plus series to go on and continue their story. So I, I think this would be the best way to introduce Wolverine. You get that Hulk versus Wolverine that you want. You're essentially getting the Hulk movie. You're getting the Alpha Flight movie. You're getting the introduction to Wolverine all in one movie. And it also helps the slow build of introducing another mutant here, another mutant there. And then three or four years now, we get them to come together to have that proper build for an X-Men movie. So that's my theory. That's what I would like to see for the X-Men's introduction in the MCU. Tell me what you think in the comments. Click subscribe if you like what you hear. Share it with your friends. We appreciate you for listening. And as always, deuces.